Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in. We did just want to give a trigger warning for this week's episode. This episode includes discussions about suicide and abortion. If these topics trigger you, please do not listen. So, hi, welcome to the Mental Moms Podcast, where we, Annan, sorry. And Kat, Kat's here. Yeah, what's up, Kat? Hi, everyone. So, today, we really wanted to get into our relationship history and how that stuff is navigated with all of our mental health issues we got going. All of the Plus the kids. It's a, it's a big thing. Kids are always intertwined in everything that we do, including relationships. So that's kind of where we're at. I really wanted to discuss um, the relationship with our children's fathers and how that ended. Because as far as I'm concerned, none of us are with the children's fathers, right? Yeah, that's true. I understand. Yeah. So I'm in a relationship, but um, it's not with the father of my child so that's where we're at with that and we really just wanted to talk about how those relationships affected our mental health and how they kind of ended and affected our children in that process so do you want to go first and tell us about yours okay so so whenever I met my ex I was in high school we were very young we were very toxic from the very beginning breaking up, making up that whole mess. And um, and like he gave me anxiety right from the beginning, really. Like he, I remember one time I was supposed to go take, like go to a driving class or something. And like, that's how young I was. So very in dry, I was supposed to go take a driving class and we had been in a fight. And so he, he like, he's like, you need to come right now or we're over. And my dad being the dad that he is, he was a great guy, but he, instead of making me go to my driving class, because that's the most important thing, he instead drove me to this guy's house, let me, like, throw away my driving stuff for the dude, you know, and so, like, we, I met with this dude, we had our fight, and that was, like, our first big fight, quote, unquote, you know, and then like, after that, it was always, like, a control thing for him, like, he would always, like, use that, like, threat like oh if if you don't do this I'm leaving you if you don't do this and you don't love me if you don't do this and yada 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 and then so there's a lot of that and then whenever I uh I had met him I was with another friend and she had invited me to her birthday party and he just happened to be there and that's how I met him I guess she had liked him and he knew that so again another like story in our relationship with him constantly being like oh I should have chose her I really liked her and you basically threw yourself on me and that's why I'm with you and like all this like ugly ugly stuff you know and so it was just like a really toxic relationship and the whole relationship was like that basically and just really mean stuff 
I just wanted to say I wanted to point out red flags from the beginning, which it usually happens. And a lot of people ignore those red flags, especially people who have their own things going on and low self-esteem. No, yeah, definitely the low self-esteem, I think, because I've been bullied my whole life, you know, so I, of course, I had my low self-esteem, and I really never, like, anyone and everyone that ever know me, like, anytime I had a boyfriend, they'd be like, you have a boyfriend? Who would date you, you know, and that kind of shit, so I was like, so, like, my self-esteem was shot, and so to have this guy that liked me, you know, like, was, like, a big deal to me, and so... I don't know, just the whole relationship. Whenever we broke up, it was just, I had already kind of fallen out of love with him. We had already broken up and making up a thousand times. I was not with him when I was pregnant with him, when I was pregnant with either of my kids. Um, with my son, he like woke up with me and called me an animal on Twitter, like with posting like a really ugly photo of me. And with my daughter, uh, it was like a big blow up fight. He had punched a wall and made a hole in my son's bedroom door right next to my head um, because I had said fuck you even though he had said that was his reason was because I had said fuck you and um, just like I don't know he had said so much worse to me so I don't know what the problem is like you were really pissing me off and he really pushed me to that point to even say that in the first place so he punched a hole in the wall and I left him like right then and there I was like I'm not even gonna stay here tonight and the next day I came got my stuff and I drove all the way to San Antonio I was pregnant at the time and my son was already over there so he never saw the fight or anything and then we came back a week later to get pack up the rest of the apartment that we had together and within like a few months he already had another girlfriend he brought her to the court for the child custody and child support like he brought her to court with my like I was there pregnant and looking sad and depressed obviously you know and it was just like a mess like he was telling them that I cheated on him that I had done all this horrible stuff that just wasn't really true to begin with it was horrible and now even like our parenting relationship doesn't even really exist like at all like he has me blocked he won't talk to me. He won't, um, like, at all. Like, all of our communication goes from him to either my son, which really bothers me, to me. Um, he should not be telling our son anything about anything. Um, and then uh, if it's not that, then it's from him to his mom, to from his mom to my mom, and then my mom to me. So it's just like a long line of communication and messages always get mixed up, obviously. Sometimes he talks directly to my mom and not be in the room. So I kind of know what's going on. But as of directly, he, he'll be like, yeah, yeah. Like whenever my mom tells him, he'll be like, yeah, yeah. Like I'll talk to her, we can communicate and yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it just never happens. I don't know why. Um, really, whenever I was sick, like and I was depressed and undiagnosed, uh he would like I he would really push my buttons and I was already really sick and irritable and so I'm sure I was probably really a lot more mean to him than like he deserved because and I do remember him trying a little bit more or giving him that credit but um 
and I'm better now and I'm not in the same position. And so, but that's how he ended up talking to my mom was because my mom was like, hey, she's sick. You need to communicate with me because y'all aren't seeing eye to eye and you aren't getting along. So how has that affected? So whenever the relationship ended, it sounded really pretty toxic. How did that affect your son? Your daughter was still in the womb, correct? How did that, like, what age was that for him? Um, Aiden was two. So he was really little. And I remember at first, I think he was really hard on him. Like, he really missed his dad. And he really, like, remembered us living together. And he remembered, like, us being a family together. And I think that still affects him now because he, he has his dad's back. You know, like, no matter what, his dad does no wrong. Which I can respect. That's his dad. That's fine. I understand. Um, with my daughter, she's a lot more, like, I guess, open to how he is as a dad, you know, like, because he, she doesn't really remember us or she never experienced us together. So for her, like, she'll straight up tell me, like, yeah, so she'll just, like, tell me straight up and be like, I don't want to go to my dad's. I just want to go visit my cousin because he doesn't hug me and he doesn't spend time with me and he doesn't, like, tell me he loves me and like just like stuff that a little girl shouldn't like she's five she shouldn't be like ignore like aware of that stuff like that shouldn't be an issue for her but I'm glad that she communicates it to me and that she's aware that it's happening you know um but I think it'd be like a lot more heartbreaking if she had been like continuing to try and then getting her heart broken over and over again and him just rejecting her versus like her being like aware and being like I don't want to visit him I want to go visit my cousin which is like on her dad's side so she still sees her dad's side but she prefers going to visit the cousin and her aunt over her dad and she loved they love their stepmom I love their stepmom I've never met her but I love her <laughs> she's like she treats my kids amazing and like the kids always come back like so happy with her and like all the things they did because of her and she brought them school supplies she buys them clothes she plays with them she talks to them like just saying she works from home so like she's busy but their dad doesn't work and he doesn't he'll just sit there and play video games so it's just kind of like and this is verbatim from my kids this is what my kids are saying this is not I'm not making this shit up so that's all I'm saying. Yeah, when well, you mentioned like your five-year-old, she's super aware of the relationship with her father. I relate to that so much because my, my son is the same age as your daughter. He's five and a lot of the things that he says, it's like, how are you so aware of that? Like, how is that even coming out of your mouth? And I feel like, I don't know, I think maybe that's a that's a thing a child really deals with when they have that separation of parents. I don't know if that's something that a child would be aware of or like just know if it wasn't, you know what I mean? If it was like a like the traditional scenario with the mom and dad in the house and do you know what I mean? Like I feel like going from house to house, they they in their minds they compare like how one parent treats the other parent. It really bothers me that my son, that my ex will, like, tell my son, like, hey, tell your mom this, this, and this, or whatever. Like, no, 
don't <laughs> don't tell him that like you can tell me that he doesn't need to be in the middle of our arguments or our disagreements like he's only eight he's not he's not old enough to understand and so like he doesn't even want me to have his number like he blocked me he doesn't want me to know where he lives but the living situation is mostly because he doesn't want me to put him on like child support he did like he's on child support but he hasn't paid so like he doesn't want them to find him you know that's why he doesn't want me to know where he lives I do know where he lives it wasn't that hard to find out but like I don't know it's just like it's crazy um okay so that's my story with my ex yeah what's your story okay well what's the relationship between this one's father and me. Um, I'll tell you how it is right now. Non-existent. Um, it's, I'm trying to think of the words to explain it. Non-existent is really the only thing I come up with. Very in and out of his life and as he's gotten older, it's just gotten worse and worse. When he was a baby, he would get um like once a week, but like for a whole day while I was working. I don't know, like how much time passed, but maybe a year passed. That went to like three hours for two days a week. You know, so it really wasn't like a big change of time, but it kind of was like three hours from eight hours a day. Um, was split up between two days. And then there would be weeks where he would say, I can't get him this week. And he'd make up excuses why he couldn't. And that became very frustrating. And just for him, in the first few years, it wasn't that bad, I noticed, because he was so young. So I never really, it frustrated me. But the fact that he didn't really notice, you know, I didn't really like really do much about it obviously I would say things like like you need to be more consistent you need to be more like how do you expect to have a relationship with him if you're not around if you're constantly canceling and I would catch him in lies like he'd say oh I'm not feeling well or I have to work and then I would see you know his mom posted something that she went to xyz and he would be there you know just like little stuff like that so it was like purposely like not spending time with him like even though the time with him here's the crazy thing I never had I never had like a specific schedule I allowed him to tell me what days he would get him per week so it wasn't like I had this strict thing where I was like you can only get him these days and that's it no I said you tell me what days you can get him and all I ask is you just stick to that so that I can work around that schedule. And even that was never enough, you know? So it was like, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And so me and my ex had the same thing with the open, like, just whenever, like, we have the court order. But it's like, just make an effort. That's all I want. And it also got worse and worse and worse. So recently... Recently, like I'm talking like two months ago, maybe, maybe less. We were like, we, my mom had a call with him and she was like, you're going to do it every other weekend 
just like the court order. No more asking Aiden when he's going to come visit. No more asking like us when you're going to see him. It's not up to us. It's in the court order. So you're going to get him those weekends and that's that. And ever since then, they've been doing it. And they missed like one week because the kids were like violently sick. But other than that, like they've been very consistent. They've been getting them on their weekends. So but we were like you too. It's horrible. And it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, I don't really want to get too much into the relationship part because it's very triggering for me. And I feel like during that relationship and during that pregnancy, the relationship ended when I was six months pregnant. Um, but that was the peak of, of my struggles. Um, and I know it was because of the hormones. Um, but what really added on to it was the really toxic relationship. And it just was horrible. Like thinking about it makes me so angry. Um, but, you know, my main, my main concern was, okay, like, you didn't want this baby. It was not planned. We both made a mistake. Um, but from the jump, he was like, trigger warning, get an abortion. Um, and I wasn't okay with doing that, you know. And I had never been pregnant before. And I just... I wasn't okay with that, you know, my body, my choice at the end of the day. And because of that, he's like, his, his mindset was, well, since it's your choice, you get to have the responsibility. I don't have any responsibility towards it. You know, he said, um, the, you know, the responsibility lies on the people who decide to have the children, not the people that don't get to decide. So his, his whole thing was, well, I didn't choose to continue the pregnancy. You did. So that's kind of how where he was for a long time. And still to this day, he's five. And probably like in June, that was thrown in my face again. And he's five about how I, you know, it was my choice. I chose to keep him. I chose not to, you know, and I'm just like, that alone is very disgusting to me. Because I can understand how you would say that during their pregnancy, like you don't have a bond with the child but he's five years old. So that scares me like terribly, like personally, because I like, regarding like the visitation thing, one of the reasons why I never forced him to do the kids every other weekend or like the way it was supposed to be and just like whenever was because I was terrified. And then here goes me and goes, me going back to the murder fixation is that like what if like he resents him so much he resents the kids so much like they're tied to me he's tied to me for the rest of his life because of these kids that he doesn't want and that he like murders them to get rid of you to get rid of that tie and that's terrifying and that that scares me and that right there what you just said scares me it's shitless yeah, oh my god girl. That was a whole thing. The amount of time he spent with that baby, he really didn't like spend time with him at all until I went back to work when I think Aiden was like three months. And it was because his mother and his grandmother forced him to babysit him 
while I had to work because like I literally had no no one else and it's like I didn't have a choice in the matter like I'm a single mother just had this baby mind you girl he had every opportunity I was living with his mother he could even though we were in a relationship he could have chosen like I had a c-section girl I had a c-section in three days I'm getting up I'm taking care of this baby by myself we're not in a good place because we've never been in a good place and and for some reason I was like he'll grow up like he'll get better I've just gotta like you know I just gotta do what I gotta do this is my child I did choose to bring him into the world so you know I'm gonna do what I have to do and he just needs a little extra help so that's kind of where for all of you low-income mothers have to apply for Medicaid. You have to apply for those things. You don't have a choice and whether you want to put the child's father on, <clears throat> excuse me, on child support or not. If you don't apply for child support in the state of Florida, they will not give you the medical insurance they need. They will not give you food stamps, anything like that. So mind you, I was 20. I didn't graduate college yet. I didn't have a good job. I needed those things to survive, you know? So long story short, it's horrible. Over time, it got less and less and less. Um, I would say it's been the worst it's ever been this year. That graduation, he had canceled every single week to see him. Mind you, I have this, this little boy asking for his dad, crying for his dad, and up until this point, when the crying and the begging and the asking questions started, I say, baby, I'm sorry, he has to work, you know? It's kind of like an excuse thing, like where you have to make excuses because you don't want to be honest. And you don't want to hurt your child more than they're already hurting. You don't want to confuse them more than you're already confusing them. Um, but I had enough. I had fucking enough. Like, I'm glad he loves his father. I want him to. That's all I've tried to keep alive for the past five years is their relationship. So that was my breaking point, you know, and I was like, I'm so like, and I don't know what to do in the situation, you know, it's like, so I continue to let him see him every three weeks and continue to put him through this emotional turmoil and this confusion of, <clears throat> this is my dad, but I don't see him. He's not, he doesn't see him on Christmas. He doesn't see him on Thanksgiving. He doesn't try to see him on his birthday. He just sees him around the time and he gives him the gifts and doesn't call. I cannot, I, I, in five years, this man has never picked up the phone to call and speak to him. Not one time, not a video chat, not a phone call, not one time, not even texting me to say, how is Aiden doing? Not one time. And so, and I said, I'm done. And I went on the child support thing. And I was like, apply. I'm done dealing with you. You can go through the courts now. So is it like the child support and custody over there in Florida, like joint? Because in Texas, it's separate. Like no matter, it doesn't matter if like they pay child support or not, I have to let him legally. I have to let him see the kids. I can't give him away. So it's not joint. I was so tired of the inconsistency and the toxic. Like, 
literally like the only thing that we talk about is when he's sending me the money and then he'll text me when he's ready to see him you know I just didn't want any more reasons to communicate with him like I don't trust him I don't I'm done trying to do this like whole like healthy you know it was never healthy but it was always my intention you know like he'll get there I just have to keep trying and he'll get there and I realized that doesn't fucking work I did that in our toxic ass relationship I I just do my best and I give him the time he needs and he'll get it together no 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 that does not work. He will do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he has said countless times, does not want to be a father. He did not choose to be a father. So why am I trying so fucking hard for him to have a relationship with his child? It's not my relationship to keep. I sp- I take care of them. I keep my relationship. You said you were going to give up the rights. Go ahead and do that. Okay. Because although my son might be angry at me in 10 years for, for not allowing him to, to fucking confuse him anymore, I know in my heart, the more time he's not around him, the better it gets for him. I see that. Okay, so the second thing that we want to discuss, we kind of went on a little rant about our, our relationships with the father of our children short story is toxic and not working let me put this before we end on that on that note I am not perfect I am not innocent I am not saying I never did wrong with that relationship but let me say this my intentions are we're always to a healthy co-parent and I always wanted to I never no matter what I wanted him to be a father and I wanted to stay him to stay in my son's life he did not want that and it was so so toxic I don't know where we'll end up in two years three years from now but right now it's not it's not working so just wanted to say, I'm not innocent and I'm not claiming to be perfect. I made a lot of mistakes. And I did a lot of things due to me struggling with my mental health. But I take care of my baby, though. That's the most important thing. I want to second that. I also, like, I'm very aware that, like, I I probably picked a lot of fights with my ex. I probably did a lot of shitty things. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm so perfect. And he was an abuser. I'm sure it was a two-way street. Um. Because, like, thinking back, honestly, I'm pretty sure I had borderline when I was with him, (laughs) like, thinking about it, you know? Like, I don't think that was ever, like, like, I'm aware. I I look back and I'm like, oh, oh, that's why that was like that, you know? So I'm aware that it was toxic, and I'm not going to put all the blame on him. There is blame there, but it's not all on him. Um, But, yeah, so that's my relationship with my ex. That's what it is. We're not perfect. We're not claiming to be. We're telling our side of the stories from our perspectives. So we're going to end it on that note. We wish them well. We wish them good luck. And we wish that they would be good, better fathers. And we're going to leave them there. 
The second thing we wanted to kind of discuss is where we both are currently relationship-wise. Like, where we at? Where we at, girl? Where you at? Okay, so I'm talking to a guy. Um, He's, like, different from every guy. And I'm, I'm trying, I don't want to, like, put it out there and then, like, I jinx it, you know? But he's a great guy. I've dated, I've been single for six years. For six years, I've been single and I've done that whole like fixated person, favorite person on almost every single one. And it scared them away, obviously, because I get very obsessive and possessive. And I Facebook stalk them, like look at their likes and I look at everything and I get all like insecure, like they're following this person and, you know, and I'm, are you ghosting me? Are you losing interest in me? What's happening? I get all panicky. And so it's been six years of that. And and usually anytime that I'm not fixated on someone, then I'm fixated on the idea of them being too good to be true and that they're trying to murder me. So <laughs> I met someone and he's been like a month of us talking and he is, he's very sweet. He's a very sweet guy. And like, I haven't met him in person yet, but like we talk all the time and he's a very sweet guy, but I don't want to jinx it, and I don't want to put too much out there because I don't know what's going to happen, and he could end up being a murderer. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, uh, so far, so good. I've never gone a month with just talking to someone without, like, meeting them and, like, and it being this good. Usually people lose interest by now. Um, yeah, he's really sweet. Like, seriously, every single thing I do, like, I do the laundry, I do the dishes, I take a shower I brush my teeth anything he's always like good job you're kicking ass good job like all like everything I do and it's like oh my gosh and, and I, I'm over here beating myself up I like I didn't do anything today because I didn't do the dishes or whatever and he's like it's okay you're tired you're you know you're sick and you're tired and I get it and he understands me and I'm not like over here making excuses for myself and said to him I'm being too hard on myself which is like what you know and but it makes me want to do more stuff because like I'm over here like trying to get them more like good job <laughs> oh yeah well it sounds very healthy sounds it sounds pretty healthy definitely I wanted to I wanted to follow up since since we're on your you right now um you kind of discussed like as far as like dating goes and currently right now like how does yeah okay so how does your diagnosis like the symptoms of those diagnoses how do that how does that affect your current situation and all the other situations like negatively or not okay so I have bipolar and borderline I'm okay with talking about it it's okay not a secret um but uh before and I told I told the cat this story earlier is that one of the times I got, yeah, I had a person, I'd literally only seen him for a week. It was a week long thing. It wasn't even supposed to be a thing. It was supposed to be like a one night stand that just turned into a thing. He just never left. Um, <laughs> and uh, he ended up breaking up with me while I was at work because I was being weird. I was being obsessive and everything. And, you know, that's scary. I had totally understand it. And at the time, I thought it was just an, an anxiety thing. Um, I didn't know what I had at the time at all. 
And so I thought it was just anxiety. And I had been like, I'm obsessive and he broke up with me and I ended up like taking myself to the hospital because I wanted to kill myself over a dude that I had only known for a week, you know? And so it's just like, what, <laughs> what the hell, you know? And now, and then like other times, like I'll go through periods where I'm just too depressed to even talk to people, you know? So I just don't even try to date. And then I end up manic and I'm like, all the dating apps, you know, everyone, you, 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 like I'm gonna sign up. And, and then like, surely, surely enough, I end up with another favorite person and, or fixated person, depending on what you want to use. And, um, and yeah, and now, and like this last time I ended up fixated on a guy that had herpes. I never met him, thank God, but I was totally down, which is really, really sad. Um, really sad and really scary on my part, because like, that's how dangerous it is i just wanted to say the fact that at least he was honest that it makes me like happy at least i mean at least you had the choice not good that you were going to choose that but thank god he actually like was honest about it yeah but like even then like he told me that as long as he had medication then he was like not contagious but I did research and he was totally contagious even with medication and no flare-ups so even then I was still like what if he's trying to spread it what if he's like one of those like really bitter people that's just like out there trying to spread that shit you know um but yeah so there's times like that and then right after I end up being ghosted by a fixated person um then I end up really really detached and that's kind of where I am now like, the fact that I even like the guy that I'm talking to right now is a miracle because it's taken me, like, even, like, a month to just even kind of be like, I do like you, you know? Like, I actually do like you. You're really cool, you know? And I'm accepting him a little bit more versus, like, I'm not in there, to, like, obsessing over him. I'm not anxious, like, when is he going to text back? Like, this is, like, a genuine, I really like him, you know? And I feel safe talking to him. So so far so good but we'll see if I end up I hope I don't fixate on him I don't want that for me I don't want to be anxious over him I just want to have a healthy happy relationship and that's all I want but we shall see where you where are you now in your relationship and how does it affect how does your mental health affect your relationship and or dating in the past okay so I would say my mental health would negatively affect my dating and my all of my relationships I've ever been in. I kind of got into the areas of like obsessing over people and like going to extensive measures to make sure they stay in my reach. And I would even go to the point where I'd be like, I for some reason. This is something that I've dealt with a lot where I would get in the mood of like, I'm done with you. I want nothing to do with you. And then with a a snap of my fingers, I change my mind and I'm like doing every single thing that I can to get them back into my grasp. Like 
I'm the one who broke up with them. I'm the one who did this. I'm the one who did that because I had all these thoughts of like, this is boring. This is not enough for my life. Or they do this that I don't like about them. And then maybe a day later, maybe even less than a day, I'm like, no, 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 no. Come back. I need you. I need you. I need you. I'm so sorry. Like, I come back to me. Like, when I was pregnant, I packed my whole car. And I drove from Florida to Georgia because I intended on driving all the way to Virginia so I could leave my ex. I got to Georgia at a gas station and I had a complete meltdown. And I called him. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I ended up driving back to Florida. Like, that's how like it's it gets it's pretty severe um the way my mood switch so quickly um and I'm so glad that I'm I'm in the relationship that I'm in right now because it's so healthy and I'm so respected and I am not judged for my mood sometimes switching he's very understanding of that and he also had the luxury of knowing me since I was 15. So he definitely saw me at my worst, worst, I would say, from 15 to, like, 19 were my worst years. Like, really, really bad. Like, a lot of bad choices. Probably into 20 as well. When I had my son, it kind of, like, all ca- ca- came down and calmed down. But, um up until that point, it was pretty toxic to the point where um, my first love, which was my current relationship as well, we were together at 15 and we got married because we intended on both going to the military. We didn't want to be separated. So we got married. And a year later, I decided this is like not enough for my life. I'm too young to be married. Blah, 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 blah. And I, the one I'm with now. And a few days later, I instantly regretted it. It was already too late. We already was moving everything. Our stuff was in boxes. I had thrown every single picture of a three-year relationship in the trash. Nothing left. He had moved on. I had also moved on. And then just like, the snap of my fingers I regretted it and wanted to get back with him and blah 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 blah. the rest is history the next toxic relationship you know in my mind imagining what this person could be instead of looking at who he actually was and that is my biggest flaw and that's the worst mistake I ever made um with my ex is because I knew who he was. There was red flags from the beginning. Um, but I, I think I really jumped into that relationship because I was mourning my mourning the relationship I had just crashed and burned and destroyed. And I kind of used that as like a, a rebound. And I'm like, like, okay, this is what I want in a relationship. So this is what I'm going to imagine. And this is what I'm going to try to mold this new person to be. Even though I know this person, 
this is not who this person is. And it was just, it was horrible and just terrible. Um, but again, these are my flaws. These are the reasons, you know, my relationships have not worked in the past is because I try to make these people to be something they're not and very much like obsessive like can't do anything without them can't be without them blah 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 can't live without them I mold myself into what I think other people would want like oh you like anime I like anime I hate it I hate it so much yeah no I'm the opposite um I'm gonna be crazy and I'm gonna dream about what you're gonna be and we're gonna keep working and pushing you to be something you don't want to be and you will never be but that's how crazy I am (laughs) and I'm like they'll get there one day (laughs) I push hard enough because I get what I want no it doesn't work like that but my current relationship is the relationship I had when I was 17 we both had children with other people ironically enough we had children with the people that we went to right after we separated um our rebounds so yeah I think my son was like he was like almost a year old when we had reconnected I wasn't looking for anything I think I was like in a very healthy place it was the first time in my life that it was the longest time in my adulthood that I had went without being in a relationship um and I think I really needed that because I thought before that I couldn't I could not couldn't not be in a relationship like, I had serious, like, ab- excuse me, abandonment issues. And, like, I just felt, I, I just felt I could not be alone. And my son gave me, like, a focus. And I could put my focus into him. And I could put my focus into myself. And I think it was, like, exactly what I needed. And then he came right along and. He had messaged me one day. I, was like, I can remember. I can remember the day. I can explain everything to you. I was at work, and he had wrote to me, and he's just like, you know, with these little eyes, little little eyes on Snapchat, and the rest is history. But um, yeah, I'm in a good place. Our relationship isn't perfect, but it works because we know each other so deeply. You know, on a level that I don't think I would ever be able to have with anyone else because he knew me basically as a child, teenager child, you know, and he's seen me like through everything. We've seen each other at our worst. We've broken up and we've seen each other through that. And, you know, we had a lot of forgiving to do, mainly on his part. I know he had to do a lot of forgiving on his end to be able to even trust me to be to be in his life again and and you know things like that and I was the toxic one in that in our previous relationship I was I was the one he I tell you that man never did anything wrong to me he he wanted to make me happy in every step of the way and my mental health really really like did not allow me to be healthy or be the partner I could have been. Um, but I don't regret anything because where I am today, I wouldn't be if we didn't go through that. I also wouldn't have my son. 
And now we have a little blended family with our two crazy children. Um, still not perfect though. We have our moments. Our kids fight horribly, but I think maybe all kids do. I don't know. Um, yeah, I still get depressed though. Like I go through days where I just, I don't want to look at him. I don't want to talk to him. I'm like going through, like I go, every day is different for me though. It's like, I can be happy one day and the next day I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I'm irritated. And uh, all I got to say is, you know, I'm so glad we got to this point because I used to kind of like make excuses. I'd be like, I'm sick. But now I can be like, I'm very anxious today. I need to be left alone or I'm depressed. Before I, I didn't really understand my feelings. So instead of trying to figure them out, I would lie and say, I don't want to spend time with you tonight because I'm tired, you know, and now I can be honest and he doesn't judge me. That is so beautiful. I love that. I love that so much for you. This is so amazing. I I seriously love you, like your story. It's so like amazing. Like y'all were together and then you broke up. You had like whole kids with someone else and then you still got back together. Like that is like amazing. I love it. It's hard though. Not easy, but if you love someone enough, you can figure it out, I guess. Oh my gosh. So the the other thing I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit was us being so sometimes with certain mental diagnosis and symptoms of those diagnoses and mental health, mental illnesses, I should say they can cause us to kind of be too dependent on relationships. So I kind of wanted to touch on that very slightly. I know we kind of covered it a little bit, but do you feel like what you deal with makes you too dependent on relationships? Yes, I do. I definitely do depend on relationships a little bit too much and it affects the kids because like if I'm fixated on someone, right, and I'm anxious over them not talking to me, then I'm irritated all day. And guess who's there? Who is there that has to deal with me being a bitch? My kids, my poor little babies. And so that's another reason why sometimes I take a break from dating because I know it's not healthy, you know? And that's why I don't want to ever have another fixated person. And I just got diagnosed. I just learned what that was. And now that I know, I'm like, I don't ever want to feel like that. And I'm glad that I know what it is. You know, I'm glad I know why and what it is. Does that make sense? And that way I can like, oh, let me not do that. Let me try to like take it slow. And that's why I really like this guy because like he never makes me feel like I have to second guess him. You know, like he's always like right there. If anything, he's blowing my phone up. So, and I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So I love the attention. I can relate to that really um, a lot. I mean, pretty much with any aspect of my life, if I'm very irritated, um, he's the first person that I'm going to see or I'm going to interact with, and he gets the brunt of that. Um, But I'm very, now I'm very aware of that, and I'm like, okay, girl, even though you're so mad about this, and he's over here getting on your nerves, asking you for this and this and this and this and that, and you're like, oh my god, I'm just trying to calm down from this situation, you won't let me. Like, it's like, just have to take a breath, especially when it comes to relationships, because when you become so obsessive and you just want things to be okay with this person, if they're not writing you back or whatever it is, 
Like, you cannot focus on anything. And that is so unhealthy for mothers because you have a child who needs your attention. Like, not even work. Like, I can't even focus on work when I'm fixated on someone. Like, I can't even, like, like work? What's work? I'm over here, like, staring at my phone. What is he? Is my phone broken? Where is he, you know? there's They're not going to get as much attention as they deserve, which really sucks. Or they're gonna and they, when they do get attention, it's not gonna be the good kind, which is the worst part. So sometimes I feel like I should not be dating, like ever at all. So I'm gonna skip down a little bit because my next one was gonna kind of talk about how that our mental health, I'm sorry, our relationships affect our children, and I think we kind of pretty much covered on it. If it's a healthy relationship. It's not going to affect them negatively. If it's an if it's a toxic relationship or if it's a relationship where kind of have some obsessive tendencies and you're not able to really focus and you're only focused on what's going on with that, it definitely does affect the children negatively. And definitely something that brings me to: Is it a good idea for someone who's struggling with their mental health issues? to be in a relationship when they don't really have a handle on those issues that they're struggling with. Is it a good idea? Not just for us or the person, but if they're a parent. So personally, from what I've experienced, I feel like if you're struggling and you don't have a handle on it, you probably shouldn't date. And this is because I've, I know that I've hurt my kids. I've hurt other people. Like there was this guy last year, he was like the guy I'm talking to now, wanted me to blow up his phone, blew up my phone, like was all about me, like totally into me and everything. And uh, and I ended up like just blocking him one day because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, like, I liked him and he was a great guy, but like I felt bad because I knew that I was gonna like hurt him. So I ended up just blocking him. And I know that I hurt him in the process of that because he really liked me. And so I feel like if you don't have a handle on it, you can do things and say things that you don't mean and hurt other people. You can hurt your kids. And then you can definitely end up hurting yourself. Like whenever I told you, like, I wanted to kill myself over a dude, like I wanted to die over a dude, you know? So like my kids, other people, myself, it's not healthy if you're struggling. If you have a better understanding of yourself, then sure, go for it. Like, I'm in therapy right now, and I'm working on myself. I'm not at all, like, not struggling. I definitely am, but I'm trying to take things as slow as I possibly can because I know and I'm very aware of myself now that I know what I'm diagnosed with. It definitely does make sense, and I agree. I think that if you're unable to control, like, your emotions – and how you react to things, and how you react to situations, it's definitely not going to be healthy for you to be in a relationship, because when you're in a relationship, things are always going to happen, because it's a whole other person with a different mind, a different life than you, so if you can't handle someone not texting you back, or you can't handle someone having an attitude with you today, or you can't handle with how much attention they need, or you know, if you can't even handle how much attention you need, if you're not getting enough attention that's and, and you're not okay with that, that's going to be a whole thing. So I definitely feel like it's just, 
it's hard to explain and it's easier it's easy to say oh if you're struggling you shouldn't be in a relationship but that's not very common sense to a lot of people especially when you're in the thick of it and you struggle with having a favorite person you have you have the struggle of like not wanting to be alone and not knowing how to be alone um which I have gone through that you know horrible horrible childhood and I don't know I guess that just turned into me um you get lonely yeah um it just turned into me like wanting someone there needing someone there because I never really grew up with I never grew up feeling like I had anyone there you know so when you realize oh like I'm a woman I'm sexy like this is how I can keep people close to me like a relationship like you learn that and it just it's a negative spiral so especially when you have kids don't do it but not just for your kids but for yourself as well you cannot have a healthy relationship if you're not a healthy person period you can say this person's different or that person might be healthy but guess what your unhealthiness is going to rub off on them as well you're going to drive them crazy and it's going to be a toxic relationship I know that because I watched every single person in my family go through that and I did that myself from 15 to 20 you know my relationship's not perfect now but I could never imagine never imagine ever if this doesn't work out bro I am not going through that because I know how hard it is for me personally to just not, especially with the trust and then and learning someone, learning who they are and who oh Lord. So I definitely agree with you. Work on yourself, love yourself. Don't look for another person to make you happy. You need to be happy with yourself and who you are. And then add someone to make you even happier. It's like adding on to that happiness and being happy, you know, to another tier. But like, you have to be at your base of happiness with yourself and okay with being alone. And then when you have that, like when you're, you're confident and you're okay with being on your own, no one can disrupt that. You know what I mean? Once you, once you start dating and stuff like that, if it doesn't work out, you're not like, oh my God, like, how am I going to be happy? Like, you know, at the end of the day, before they came, you were happy. So it's all good. It's all love. Like, we're going to move on and push on and and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you everyone for listening to us ramble about our relationships and our mental health and all of that chaotic mess. Um, we really appreciate it. It was a great chat with you. I seriously like love your story, Kat. Like, I love it. You you come in our house and you'd be like, okay, this is not a love story. <laughs> I don't know. When you have kids, like the romantic shit just it goes out the window. Um, but we love each other. We do. We do. Thank you guys for listening. We kind of, we have to learn our balance of like staying on point, staying on topic, and we will get there with time, but it's really nice to just talk about these things because these are things we deal with, and I feel like, and there's not really another setting for me to sit down and really get, dive deep into these things, so.
It was fun. It was nice. I think we should do a part two because Kat had written the outline for this episode and we did not get to all the questions. So there might be a part two of this episode um, for next week, though. So tune in. So thank you guys and have a good night. We are the Mental Moms, Rhiannon and Kat.